Hello and welcome to South Africa on 99.94 Cricket Every Day. I'm Neil Manthorpe and uh, my co-host is Lungani Zama. This time uh, on this uh, episode, we're going to be talking about uh, the SA20 and uh, what it will mean for South African cricket uh, and uh, some other pieces of news as well, um, including the um, selection of wildcard picks for the six teams. Um, South Africa on 99.94 is uh, your home for South African content. We'll be dropping into your podcast and YouTube on the 99.94 app at least uh, a couple of times every week. And if you get the chance, as I say, beginning of every podcast, if you haven't seen it already, do check out the Mitch Johnson show where the former Aussie talks about uh, his life uh, in cricket and after cricket. So thank you for joining Cricket's Conversation. We're, as I said, going to be talking about the SA20. The the, the PR machine um, is uh, operating at full throttle and you're a part of it, Zams. I think I said in the last episode, I said you weren't embedded, so you're not working for the SA20, but your company um, is involved, your, the company you work for is making... Um, promotional material for the SA20. So you're you're closer, more closely involved with with it. Um I was never ever questioning your <laughs> dispassionate uh, <laughs> involvement, uh, Sam's, but you are close to it. Um and so you you know you're you're paid to provide some of the hype. And I think you're doing a very good job. Yeah, it's 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 been interesting. I think there's a lot of lessons for South African cricket to to learn from the leaders in the industry. I suppose the uh, you know if you look back at 2008, India created a whole new world out of nothing but passion for cricket, and then obviously on the back of that get the financial clout of billionaires, which helps. Um, but ideally, the model is hype it up, make a lot of noise about, it and and then throw money at the problem. Uh, but the money comes because of the hype, and the players come because of the money. If you can somehow find a way to put all that into one place, the world will come. Um, and, you know, there's <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot to be said for, for trusting that people who love a certain game w- will come. I think we're seeing it now with... The, the Football World Cup in, 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 in Qatar. There's, there's a lot of grumbling about a lot of things... But you know, the world is 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 landing in Doha every day because you, you love football. You, this is the pinnacle of the sport. You, you you're gonna find a way to be there, even if you can't buy a beer at the stadium because the rules change at the last minute and you've been hoodwinked. And you know you can't do all the normal things you associate with football. But the one key thing you can do is go and watch football and the world's best players playing. You know in in, in the biggest tournament. So that's the formula you know you you watch how meticulous and and, and how almost every penny is counted to make sure that it, it it's used in the right place to, to to hype to hype up this tournament and really build up support and you speak to players there's there's a fresh wave of optimism so there's a there's a real injection of enthusiasm in the game which is needed and i mean you know some of these players that we saw just last week are still fresh off the the Australian plane and still dealing with Netherlands trauma and walking into a room and being looked at as oh he was one of them he was one of them but there's there's something on the horizon which changes the conversation which they yeah 
very excited. I think anyone in South African cricket and everyone in that room, a lot of the people who matter in South African cricket were at that launch. And each and every one of them left kind of going really hopeful. <laughs> you know, you, you're really hopeful that this will take off because it, it, it has to take off. We've spoken about all the problems in South African cricket. A lot of them are solved by money, money that has been lost, um, you know, wasted away in, in, in the last few years by people who didn't have the game at heart. And most of the people in that room, wherever they come from, their first priority is, is the, the, the good of the game and making sure that those who follow them have a game to to work with, play, you know, whether you're an administration or a player, there's, there's something there for, for the next generation. It's really interesting that you used the football analogy there because I was actually just going to make that exact point. I remember very well that when the English Premier League was launched, people forget now because it's so phenomenally successful that English football was in a really bad place when the, the Premier I mean the Premier League was the panacea to solve the, all of their problems. I mean, attendances, the, I mean, well, I don't know what it was now, 20, 20 years ago, 25 years ago, um, there were only half a dozen clubs that could fill their stadiums. Most of the stadiums were half empty. In fact, even less, you know, I remember even, you know, even Manchester United would, would sort of have crowds of 32,000 in a 50,000 seater Old Trafford. And the brains behind the, the, the Premier League, the construction of the Premier League, the relaunch said to the clubs, you have one job, only one job. If this is to work, you need to get people in your stadium. You need to fill it. Don't care if you give the tickets away, but initially you have got to fill the stadiums because this is a, you know, if the product is going to work, the relaunch is going to work, people need to see on television that there is a packed, people want to go there. And that's exactly what the SA20 is doing now. I mean, the, the emphasis on tickets is astonishing. There have been so many... Um, promotions, haven't they? The sort of, um, you know, um, sort of f six for the price of two kind of things. And and the, the prices, um, I, I think, are sort of the, at the low end, very, very cheap. I think 50 Rand, which is, what what is that in? What is that in dollars? $2.50. <laughs> is it? Yeah, $3, $3, $3 maybe. Yeah. Three dollars, yeah. I mean, it's you know, I, I sort of worry that it might be slightly too too small. But the point of difference, given all the competition of these domestic leagues, is the the ILT20, the International League T20, which is being played in the UAE. The SA20 board, I believe, and Graham Smith believes that the point of difference will be the people, because there aren't going to be crowds in the UAE. I I don't think, um, you know, unless unless Indian players get signed up in that competition. So it, is, that, is that basically that we can make this thing work if we fill the stadiums? And I don't know whether that's going to be possible. Yeah. the You know, look, 2009, when the IPL came here and they looked at all these empty stadiums because South African fans might go to one game, but they're not going to go to... 10 Kings 11 Punjab games in Durban. 
they threw they threw money at the problem. They started busing people from schools and outlying areas. Come to the stadium. We'll pay you. We'll feed you, because you're not making the money from the ticket sales. You're making the money from the TV revenue and the advertising and. All of those are attracted by what looks like a good product and nothing looks better than a good product than full stands of people jumping around celebrating. I mean, some of the stories coming out of Qatar, they've also thrown money at the problem and hired fans to look happy every time the camera comes across to them. But you buy into that. It's a stadium atmosphere. It's 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 exciting. It, it, it looks like people are having a good time. The cricket, well, Players have said they take energy from a good crowd and and and, and a sense of drama around the place. It's soulless, I think one of the players said about playing T20 during the pandemic. There's empty stadiums. You got to fetch the six that David Miller hits out the ground. You got to go fetch it yourself as a player because no one's allowed <laughs> to touch the ball. It's a hack. But the fun element of a full stadium, you run to the boundary and someone is sledging you, but someone is encouraging you, and there's just a vibe. You want to play in front of a crowd, like everything is geared towards fans being in the stands because it, it makes everything better. It just, it, it looks like a happier product. Um, so yeah, that, that is the big emphasis. And, and I think the prices are, are reflective of the fact that you want to get as many people in there as possible because that's not where you make your money. It, but the enthusiasm from it makes players who maybe said for this season, no, nah, I'm not coming. Next year they go cheapest. It it did look like a party. It did look like fun, and audiences tuning in from India and wherever else in the world are like, sure, <laughs> I want to watch that. It, it, it's Newlands. It's the prettiest ground in the world, but it's got twenty five thousand people looking like they're having an awesome time, and Joss Butler in the middle and Devil Brevis in the middle going crazy. Like, I wish I was there. And that's what you want. You want to create a sense of FOMO that makes the person at home say, I wish I was there, but since I can't be there, I'll make sure I tune in because every time I've watched it, it just looked like an awesome time. It's three hours of escapism and, and no one escapes to an empty, boring, hollow place. <laughs> you want to you wanna feel like you're you know, in the greatest nightclub in the world kind of thing. Like, it's a good time. <laughs> you want to, yeah, that's what I suppose, yeah. In summary, you, you're selling a good time and you're selling this awesome stadium experience. Okay, we'll take a short break and we come back. We'll talk wild cards. Hi, I'm Nikesh Raghani, commentator and host of the India on 99.94 podcast. Several times each week, my co-host Sarah Waris and I will be bringing you the very best in Indian cricket chat. Whether we're discussing the legend of Julan Goswami, Kale Rahul's strike rate, the men's T20 death bowling woes, or the latest controversy involving the BCCI, we've got you covered. You can listen and subscribe via your usual podcast provider. Just search for India on 99.94. You can watch us via YouTube and you can download the 99.94 app. If you love Indian cricket, then join our conversation. Okay, Sam, so it was announced that um, each of the six franchises would be able to expand their squads from 17 players to 18 with the addition of a wildcard pick who would fall out of the salary cap. He would have to be paid the, ba- the, the base price, the cheapest price um, that was at the player auction of 175,000 Rand. It doesn't have to be a player who was even registered for the auction. It was announced after the World Cup um, with the idea, I guess, that um, you know some of those players who 
performed on the, the biggest stage um, might be picked up. Um, so far, as far as I'm aware, none of the six franchises have actually picked their wild card. Um, but I think they do have to. I, I don't think that sort of sitting back and going, no, no, actually, we're, we're fine. <laughs> we, we don't want another player. Uh, I think, I think if I understand it rightly, they, they all have to pick another player. And I'm assuming also the caveat is please try and make it a high profile player. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the whole point. Your wild card is not going to be some schoolboy who's just come out of nowhere. Uh, it's 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 one last surprise. And I think the minimum is one seven five. The salary cap is at the discretion yeah. of the player and the team. So that wild card could still get four or five million depending what's still left in the kitty. Um, so it, it'll be interesting. No one's announced anything yet, but you know, if 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 a South African player had a standout tournament and they somehow hadn't been picked, or you know, they'd played in the T Twenty Challenge and start, but it, it, it's unlikely that it's going to come from these shores. I would think it it, it surely is. They're looking at someone international um, who's really had a, a good T Twenty World Cup who just wasn't on the radar. And you're leaving that door open for a little bit of stardust to be sprinkled into the competition uh, a couple of weeks before it starts. The Pakistan players, I understand, um, have now got clearance from the PCB. So um, <laughs> I tell you what, there's, there's half a dozen in that squad who I think would be fantastic additions. Well, look, I think if that auction happened and they knew then what they know now, you know, some of that money would have been thrown at I mean, an exceptional Pakistan pace attack and, and obviously some of their superstar batsmen. So if there was a handful of Pakistan superstars coming to the T20, it, it adds a whole new layer, not just on the field, but obviously there's going to be a massive audience coming from Pakistan wanting to watch their stars in, in another competition. And you know what, to be honest, Pakistan players deserve it. They are still one of the lowest paid bunch of entertainers and if there's a payday out there for them i wouldn't begrudge them anything and i don't think anyone else would because they just play with such passion it'd be a great addition to the tournament have you heard any any whispers any rumors of uh, of likely contenders apart from the pakistan players i'm just a journalist. I, i'd go for harris ralph if it was, if it was me Look, You're just a journalist. I'm just a journalist. I mean, you've said embedded. <laughs> I'm really just a journalist. I I know as much as you do, man, as I've been dealing with family issues in KZN in recent days. So um no, I've I, to be honest, I've not I've not heard anything yet. Um but yeah, you would think that that, that pace quartet of of Pakistans would be such an awesome addition to the tournament. Um What's really interesting, again, is the scepticism that I, I, I think I've been um, underappreciating that has built up around two failed leagues in South Africa. I mean, I, I, you know, the lack of a title sponsor, um, the initial lack of an Indian broadcast partner, the lack of any, any sponsors, actually, N never mind uh, uh, the big title sponsor. And it was, it was. It, I, I've learned over the last couple of weeks, speaking to people and potential advertisers and corporates, that that level of of scepticism is 
huge. It's a massive, massive hurdle for the SA20 to overcome. You know, there was the, the Global League, um, which we, was supposed to have launched in 2017. That was hugely costly. Players were contracted. You remember? I mean, they and they had to be paid. Um, that cost over 200 million. And so even if it's just the players around the world who have that level of scepticism, it, it emanates across, you know, as I say, advertisers and sponsors and broadcasters. And then came the Mzanzi Super League, which was not super. Um, it was really just a, a terrible failure uh, on, on, on many levels. So with two failures, um, yeah, the, I just think that the SA20's just got to suck it up and, um, and, and, and get the show on the road. And it might even take more than one season. Might might take two or three seasons before there is confidence and faith that, uh, that the vehicle is in good working order. Yeah. You, you, you get, you get three strikes and, and this is the third strike. So the, <laughs> there is a, a sense of, of, of caution from from corporates who've been burnt before, throwing their weight behind patriotically or even from afar, trusting that, you know, this great product can't fail. If if it's run poorly, anything can fail. It, that, that's just the reality. That's that's lessons that have been learned from from all sorts of ventures around the world. Um so it's understandable that sponsors are kind of looking and saying, Well, let's see the first ball bowl, let's see the first week, let's see you know, how much of a drop-off there is in audiences and uh, realistic market problems. And to be fair, that while the the Global League and the Mzansi Super League had the luxury of being at a time when there was still optimism and there was still money, this SA20 is being launched on the back of a, a pandemic where job losses and, 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 and restructuring of finances around, for lack of a better term, vanity projects, is, is at an all-time low. You know, you you've got to account for every buck and this is being funded by Indian owners. Uh, they, they are trusting that in, in the 10 years that they've signed on for the wheel will turn and, 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 and it's a 10 year project. It's not a, a quick money making scheme, which in a couple of years you could sell off for a profit and, and, and move on to the next thing. They they've invested. And, and, and I suppose that's why it's taken a few years of probably strong negotiation to, to absolutely iron out every single issue because South African cricket has no leg to stand on. Uh, and, and I think they've they've been as silent as they have been because they've tried to themselves and botched them up. Um, even if it was a previous administration, um, th those the wages of those sins are being paid for now. So you actually have very little wiggle room in, in negotiating because you're, you're desperate for help and, and you're getting it. Um, but you, you, you kind of have to concede a lot of power and influence in your own competition. You know, you, you, you kind of feel like a guest in your own house, but you can't have to because you can't afford to pay for your house much longer. So the your benefactor <laughs> is is the boss. And, and that's an ugly truth, but it is. Um, you know, all this lavish money for a launch that flies in people from all over the country and um, all these performances and, 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 and all, all of it. It's got to come from somewhere. It's not coming from South African cricket coffers. It's not because there's nothing in those coffers. So it might take two years. Definitely probably takes the first season before 
a global partner comes in and says, man, uh, I want a piece of that. But you've got to trust the process and, and, and you can't wait and say, oh, we'll do all the really cool stuff when we have a title sponsor. It's all the cool stuff that attracts the, 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 the title sponsor in the first place. You've got to do it anyway. You've got to spend in hope. This is exactly what I wanted to talk to you about in the final section. We'll take a short break. Whether it's missing flights or retirements out of the blue, whether it's resignations or bans, as the old saying goes, there's never a quiet day in West Indies cricket. So make sure you listen to West Indies on 99.94 to stay up to date with all the latest fallout with the teams in Maroon. So, Zams, the identity of the tournament um, absolutely fascinates me. And um, one of our viewers um, got in touch with me to to pick me up on something I said in a previous pod last week or two weeks ago. I said that, and I said it in a positive way, and I, do, do you remember, I said, let's just, eyes wide open for the SA20, eyes wide open. It's It's an Indian tournament contested by Indian teams largely for the benefit of an Indian audience. And we should embrace that whole concept. Um, and and it was actually somebody connected with with one of the franchises who, who got in touch with me and said, um, that, that was a bit negative. Um, and I didn't mean it to be negative at all. I, you know, uh, the tournament is, and the IPL by extension, is a benevolent dictator. But, but also one of the franchises... Um, again, actually, it was it was the Paul Royals. I think it was um, the chief executive said, we're not coming to save South African cricket. If South African cricket is saved by us coming, then that is a, a great thing. But we are coming to South Africa to expand our brand. And he wasn't just talking about the Paul Royals. He was talking about all six teams. And I think that, you know, South Africans need to, to as I say, have eyes wide open. And ex- and be grateful that that they that, that this effectively an Indian tournament is being played in South Africa at all of our six premier venues, and it's using our best players, and the game will benefit, as Graham Smith keeps saying. But um, but you know, uh, it, again, it was pointed out to me by by a different person. Um, I should have asked whether I could use their names. Um, I'll, I'll make sure I do that next time. But they said, but but they've all made a commitment to um, develop the game and establish academies. And I kept saying, yes, you're absolutely right. They have. And guess what? They will have first pick on the best players to emerge from those development programs and those academies. And that's just a, a fact, is, is it not? Of course, of course it is. I mean... This is not a passion project by these Indian billionaires. It's <laughs> it's, it's growing empires, and That's... we're fortunate enough that South Africa is ideally located in terms of time zone and in terms of logistics, in terms of player potential. Um, it, it's somewhere that they can invest, and even after all the failures, they can kind of look at it and say, "If we get this right." Um, they, for many reasons, see uh, a Graham Smith as as the right person to be in charge. That that gives them comfort, and whether that comes from years and years of being a broadcaster in in, in India as a commentator, or just purely watching him win cricket matches around the world and saying that's the kind of leader that we want to lead this. 
whatever the reason, they've found enough reasons to justify throwing millions of dollars into the pot and saying, let's make this work. Definitely, definitely didn't need to because there are other markets that they could explore. They could have gone and gone big in America where there's a massive, massive Indian population. They could have gone and doubled down on the investment. I mean, the, the, the broadcast deal for the IPL is growing by year by year now. They don't even negotiate in, 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 in multiple years. <laughs> it's year by year. So they've found a formula. They've, they've found the blue pill and it works. So yes, that comes with an arrogance and a, a certainty in, in, in what they have as, 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 as business people. It's, 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 it's down to South African cricket and South African public and South African players to make sure that that seed then grows. Um, that can only come from South African passion. In two, three years' time, if no one cares about it, I'm sure they'd walk away and maybe lose a little bit, but they walk away. South African cricket would lose a lot more. So the onus is, as, as that Paul Royals executive said, the onus is on South African cricket to grow itself, helped massively by an injection of, 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 of Indian money and, 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 and passion, but it's got to come from within. You know, it's got to come from within. The players have got to buy in. The public has got to buy tickets. Um, Cricket South Africa has got to buy in. Everyone's got to buy in and turn this, this, this thing into a, a proper movement which changes the face of the game because the money will filter down to, 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 to all those corners of the country that need it and just don't have it. So it, it's not so much a gamble from them, but it's, it is definitely a, a final chance for South African cricket to save itself. Um, and, and not slip the way of, as we keep on saying, um, other countries who you know have used money badly and, and, and are suffering to this day. Jake Lush McCrum, he is the Rajasthan Royals chief executive, and uh, he was the one who was talking about uh, the Pal Royals. He's a he's a genius. He's absolute genius. Um, I think he's still only thirty years old, and he is the chief executive of the Rajasthan Royals franchise, um, which is a vast, vast um, um, industry. It, it, it's, you know, it's not a, just a, a franchise brand. Uh, he was the one, he was the one that said, we're not coming to save South African cricket. But if that happens as a result of us coming, then you know, all good. But he's just being, you know what, it's not the worst relationship in the world, is it, India and South Africa? I mean, you know, we, we shared Mahatma Gandhi. I mean, it's not like you're trying to force two opposing cultures together. No, no, of course not. And you know what? You just said something interesting in the fact that he's a chief executive at, at 30 or whatever he is. I think the one thing that South Africa, not just cricket, but business and, and just approach, will learn from investments such as the SA20 is you've got to, you've got to go a new way. You know, we spoke in previous episodes about South African cricket doing things the old way and, you know, processes that don't change. It'd be almost unheard of having a CEO in South Africa in their 30s because, oh, you're not experienced enough. Actually, sometimes experience can be the wrong thing because it's taught you the worst <laughs> stuff. You know, you need to advance and you need to give a young CEO with fresh ideas and actually a, a genuine lack of fear because they've, they don't have failure burdened on them. Everything they've tried has succeeded. Everything they that everything works. They touch a button and things work. So even the approach to business and the approach to to innovation is is something that you know South Africans might look at conservatively and go cheapest. They they ballsy, but you know ballsy wins. 
You know, you look around the world, more and more <laughs> leaders are younger and younger. Uh, and they're willing to take risks because they've got the luxury of time. Whereas we're still stuck in this time capsule, which says, oh no, you've got to be 60 in order to, you know, for us to trust you with these massive decisions for the future. The future is not yours. The future <laughs> is the 30 year old who's saying, I want to see that because that's cool. Therefore I'm, I'm going to invest $10 million in it because that's what I want to watch. Not, that's what my kids might want to watch. That's what I want to watch. So I'm going to put my money in that because I think that's cool. People buy into that. The Scandinavian countries are absolutely brilliant at it. We are seriously digressing here, but I think Norway just appointed a 27-year-old minister, um, minister of environmental affairs. Uh, you know, it's just absolutely sensational. I think it's brilliant. Maybe we'll do a pod on that um, another, uh, at another time. It's exciting times for South African cricket. Scary as well, I'll be honest. Um, and if you are the kind of person that uh, that fears change, then it'll be more scary than exciting. But it it is exciting times. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, I think we need to embrace change. Yeah, look. The, We've the, got no the, choice. The glass has been not even half empty for a while. It's been just flat out empty. <laughs> so even the skeptics, if it's half empty, at least it's halfway there to being full. That's, that's a good thing. So, you know, embrace it. You've got to. Indeed. Okay, until next time, thank you for listening to South Africa on 99.94. We speak cricket every day. Please rate, review and subscribe. It certainly does help. Um, and don't forget, you can download the 99.94 app and follow us on Twitter at Neil Manthorpe and at Whamzam17. As I said, till next time. <laughs>